the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, you've made it, folks. It's the end of the week. And to be more precise, it is the last George show on 710 KNUS for this 2023. That's right. Uh, tomorrow will be Saturday. Then there's a Sunday. And then Monday, we're not here celebrating 2024. This is it, folks. Today looks like it's going to be okay outside, about 52 degrees. I got outside a little bit with Grammy yesterday, threw the ball around a little. Uh, Saturday, it's going to be 53, and then Sunday, we lose about 10 degrees, and then we kind of drop off another 7 or so by next Tuesday where it gets super cold. I, however, will be out of town for a couple of those days taking care of some stuff, but uh, I fully intend to be back uh, on Tuesday remotely. <laughs> if if need be otherwise <laughs> i'll be in uh in person that's when we're supposed to get flurries possible at 38 degrees uh the news that billy will get to uh later probably better than the news i'm going to cover here the the two big things that took place uh yesterday one our interview with uh lauren bobert which by the way wasn't unique other than that it was the first i think that morning she ended up going on a couple other places and really getting the word out and we've got sound that we can play that we'll talk about that one of the things that folks that listened yesterday noticed was hey something happened at about eight thirty after the bobert interview people called in people texted in and they're like this sounds eerily similar to part of the show from earlier in the show and it was a time fact, slip it was it was it was, it was time slip. yeah it was that's a doctor who thing it's it's a sad that yeah, we right. apologize we get no control over it but yeah, we had, some, we had some things going on behind the scenes yep. um, that we needed to take care of technically. Also, also me. Yeah, yeah. you had some things, but also we had, yeah. a, we had a real serious issue with Comcast and some other stuff. So we really had to uh, do some stuff behind the scenes. Now, was that our number one choice of what we needed to no. broadcast at that time? No, but was no. that the choice we had to make at that time? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And it was the best possible choice. But that's it. I mean, sometimes, um, as, as we talk about, sometimes we uh, put the plane together as we are in the air. And that when was you one say of those sometimes, moments. you mean only when we're actually on the <laughs> yeah, air. Yeah, only when we're on the air. Yeah, other than that, we're, we're totally planned and everything else. But, yeah, so that was just choices we had to make yesterday. And it was it was the best of the situation that was there. And, yeah, um, yeah and, and understand that not Agreed. everybody liked, uh, you know, your, your rant earlier in the 7 o'clock hour. But I thought it was instructional, and I thought it was very <laughs> informative. <laughs> And, and then, too. yeah, I thought it was great and, and really kind of looked at it. And then I really liked the fact that we, you know, personally, we were able to run the Bobert interview twice. I, I think that was of all the ineffectiveness and all of the decisions that were unfortunate we had to make yesterday just based on some challenges. The fact that we could replay the Boberts oh, yeah. interview in its entirety, I think, was significant. I, I was really happy that we had that um, rather than just like, uh, God forbid, we had a lot large section with me talking. That, that there are the, awful. So. the this topic will continue to work, at least for a conversation yeah. topic here. And, and I say that because of the response that we got from people in the text during and after the interview. Uh, there was a lot of sentiment. And, you know, if I'm being if I'm being fair, 
there was someone who said, hey, I'm all in favor. This is great. I agree with Lauren on this thing. By and large, almost every other text was no way. I can't believe she's doing this. She is a fighter. She should stay and fight. This is not fighting. And I asked some of those questions and other people who are like, why didn't you crush her on blank? Or why? Did, and it's like, hang on, hang on. Listen, if my goal is to poach any person that I'm going to have on here and it's a one and done, if that's my goal, yeah, I can do that. I, I can go full on prosecutor, cross examine. It's probably why we won't get Dinesh D'Souza back on but, um, from that interview a while ago. But in this particular case, I don't see how that advances the ball even a little bit, right? Like, we got the answers we were going to get. You could continue to press and show either incredulity or confusion or some sort of, uh, hey, I need further clarification. We were never going to get more information than that. The real issue now is, what did you hear? Yeah. Right? Like, what do you think? We're not going to submarine a guest. If we bring the guest on to talk about their change from the third to the fourth, it's not appropriate for us to go let's talk about that mike johnson vote let's talk about why mccarthy's not the speaker yeah 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 if, if we have or, a fr- or beetlejuice or something yes, like yeah. that that's just that, yeah, that's, that's not the point of this yeah it is not the appropriate time now if we have an extended time now we did uh lauren was wonderful with her time with us yeah she was but she was if, if we had set the ground rules as an extended conversation then that's okay that's something that we do with uh some of our guests, uh, not all of them. Apologies, uh, Joshua Sharp and Sherry Pipes, but um, <laughs> we always got dragged into stuff. Uh, but with with other ones, you know, like uh, Chief Acevedo, um, he has yeah. a firearm, so we check with him first. As far as you know, we don't say topics are out of bounds, but we say, is it okay if we do this, sir? Because things could yeah. go badly if he says. Yeah, so that's, I look to that's see if he's, if he's popped the safety thing exactly. on, the, on the holster. As soon as you ask. hear that snap go, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> but I think the other thing too is, yeah. look, the benefit of. Um, this show in many ways is we have access to people, right? We have access to Dave Williams and yeah. to Lauren and to Ken. And I imagine if I reached out to Doug Lamborn, I'd get, I'd get yeah. Doug too. And all these other folks, even the mayor of Denver, th- there's a reason we get to do that. Some of that is interpersonal relationship building over years. The other part of it is even if they don't like some of the questions, I don't want anybody ever to leave here feeling like they were treated unfairly. Oh, yeah. Or that the fix was in against yeah, them, no. or something yeah, like we're, that. We're not again. We're not going to submarine them. Um, we've told people, especially Mayor Mike Johnston, that we are going to ask hard questions, but we aren't going to ask unfair, loaded yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, right. we're not going to do the. So when did you stop beating your wife? Yeah, we're not right. going to do those. No one knows. Yeah, no, exactly. Kidding. But we first are, off. Yeah. For anyone that knows Mike's wife, <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's at risk. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> she's a badass. And the uh, the other part of that is we can ask those fair questions and be honest about it. Say, are you going to meet your goal of putting a thousand people, bringing them off the street by the end of the year? You asked that question of Mayor Johnson last time he was on. So we will ask those difficult questions. What we aren't going to do is ask those loaded, unfair questions. That, uh, to be fair. We hear on both sides of the aisle, you hear that a lot of times, where the question uh, contains the conclusion before it asks the question. Right. Yeah. Right. And I I mean, some of the – and this is – again, I think that folks like Hank Schwanger won't come back on this show because they feel like they can't win. And I that's okay. If you, if your goal is to come here and somehow be able to just get a message out without any other questions, well then we can't we can't help you. 
but I don't ever want them to come on here because they think, oh, Brockler's going to do something dirty or he's going to undercut me. I'd rather them just be like, I don't want to go there because dude's going to ask me hard questions I don't want to answer. Now, on the Lauren one, um, my gut my gut feeling, my opinion here is this issue of, and it showed up in a lot of texts, carpetbagger, carpet, over and over again, carpetbagger. Yeah. That's a legitimate issue. It is not a winning issue. I mean, right now, someone asked me, so do you think that, uh, you know, she's going to win this thing? And I said, I do. Right now I do. But as we've seen, a year is a long time in politics. It's an eternity in some ways. Anything can happen that can derail that thing. And so, you know, a year ago, hell, hell, six months ago, no one had ever heard of the Bobert Beetlejuice thing. Um, she was running for the third and all that. And, you know, Ken Buck was going to be serving for eternity. All of that was real six months ago. So people say, do you think she she's going to win? I say, yes, have the election today. Absolutely. She's going to win her name ID. You can't buy that kind of name ID with three million bucks. Can't do it. Not in the current media market. That means, in my opinion, she wins. Does that mean that can't change? No, no, that could change. So uh, but if she's going to pull this off, I want to have her back on so that we can have conversations about this, that, and the other. I want her to feel like 710 is a place she can go to at least have a conversation and feel like she's not going to get, you know, sucker punched or something like that. So um, anyway, that. but I, I do want to talk about that interview. There's no doubt about that. The other big thing that took place, of course, was the Maine uh, Griswold, the Maine Secretary of State out there, yeah. who wow. kept Donald Trump from being on the ballot. Well, and I think she delayed something. It, it's interesting. I started reading the opinion, Billy, yeah, and it's... Think? <laughs> well, I'm not to all of her reasoning yet, but there's some stuff in here that is really interesting. Uh, and I'll give you an example. I would bet. I would bet. There are three different plaintiffs, if you will, or complainants. One of them is a, and they're not all, hey, he should be kept off the ballot because of insurrection. One of them is an attorney. And the attorney said he should be kept off the ballot because he says he won in 2020. And you can only serve two terms as president. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that, just, that is that is interesting. You I mean, can't that, have that a, is, it just, but it's just okay. the creativity there, yeah, of some of there, this stuff is there are crazy. Times, there are times for all of the rocks that I do, and I, I do throw rocks at lawyers, and I make fun of you know, off the air. We, we go back and forth a lot. Uh, for all of that, that is brilliant. That, and that, that is one of the times in which I, I embrace lawyers because of that creative <laughs> thinking. Do I think he's right? No. no but I look no, at that and go, but that's interesting. That, that's but he's one like, of, I'll yes. take you at your word. Exactly. We take you at your word. Yes. You and did win twice. Now you can't run yes. again. And that is such an interesting conversation. That That's the kind of conversation I enjoy where it's, it's you and your buddies and you're sitting around and maybe you got a few adult <laughs> beverages and you're just like, okay, let's just talk this. You know, just create a, yeah. create a cone yeah, of yeah. silence around us, a bubble. Let's yeah. remove ourselves from reality and let's just discuss this really crazy idea. I, this would be so yep. much fun to talk about. Yeah. There's a, and I haven't gotten through a ton of it yet. I'm about 25, 30% through but yeah. one of the things and you and I talked about this off air and I'll keep saying this until they cut us off on it but yeah. sometimes the uh, best conversations are the ones that don't take place on the radio but also it's invaluable to have that ability to have that back and forth but we were talking about due process well in this yeah. particular case one of the objections Trump makes before the hearing begins is hang on I've been denied due process I haven't seen a single exhibit from this other side and the judge writes in the opinion, that's true. There was a technological glitch where some Dropbox, Dropbox link didn't work. And so in hearing, 
was the first time that the Trump attorneys got a chance to see the, the exhibits being used against him. And the judge still said not a due process violation because this particular administrative Pro, um, procedure act thing, there's no requirement under it to have shared evidence before the administrative hearing. So here's wow. where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, she's probably right on the law. But that's not what America's going to hear. Yeah. That's not what Trump people are going to hear. They're going to hear, are you kidding me? Are You kept him off the ballot with evidence that he was surprised with at a hearing? Because people just don't think in terms of the Administrative Procedures Act. And that's what applies here. And that gets right back to what you and I were talking about off air, yeah. Billy, before was wh- what's enough due process? Like, where are we? Is, what is, for this unique kind of a situation... Is the due process different than if it would be for yeah. are you thirty five years old? Are I, you a natural I, born citizen? And I find that fascinating. And it was a and again, it's it is that that uh, great bromide of the off air conversation is far more fascinating than yeah. what we're going to do on the air. <laughs> but yeah. you know, and I'm trying to pick your mind because you understand this at a granular well, level that I don't. I pretend to. <laughs> and 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 sitting on the sidelines, uh, the 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 problem that I have, the circle that I'm trying to square, is the idea of Trump being denied due process in this procedure, and you make some excellent points, and I'll let you get to those in a second, because where I'm sitting, if he has legal representation, he has an opportunity to present a case, he has an opportunity to bring in information, for me, that's part of due process. But there are some other layers involved in this kind of procedure, which, if I was involved in it, yes, I would feel aggrieved if I was not allowed some of the other stuff with discovery and things that you've outlined. And can you help me understand and, and kind of walk yeah. through and, and explain some of my dumbassery as far as how I'm sitting on the sidelines and, and those of us that look at this and say, wait a minute, what about this claim of due process and what does it mean? What is it involved and how is it different in this procedure versus other procedures and what's that claim about? Yeah, this is probably the stuff that the Supreme Court's going to decide whether they want to weigh in on. Something else interesting I had not realized from this is his attorney in Maine was Scott Gessler. Really? Yes, dude has become the Trump national guy on this. And that factors into the judge's decision, too, because the judge says, hang on. I don't think there's much of a violation here, none under the APA, but really under due process, because almost all of the evidence relied upon was evidence presented in Colorado with the exact same attorney that represented Mr. Trump in Colorado. That's an interesting pitch to make on this. That is because it's saying you've already presented all this stuff that saying that you didn't get a chance to present it here becomes you didn't get a chance to review it. it. She's saying you're not surprised by it, dude. You already litigated this just a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, and and it, it makes me wonder, well, look, if you had brought in a different attorney, would the judge have said, okay, I get it. It's different. I don't think the outcome's different, but that's an interesting argument. And then the judge did something interesting by saying, listen, I'll give you three extra days after the hearing to file any objections to exhibits and stuff like that. For folks that look at law and order and think that's the kind of due process that applies in every case, they'd be pulling their hair out. It doesn't. That's not... You can't have a jury trial criminal setting for every single violation of an administrative code or law or anything like that. would be crazy. We'd shut down the country. But in this particular case, the optics are horrific, in my opinion, because it's like, no, no, we're going to present all the evidence against you. If you have concerns about them, I won't take up your objections during the hearing. I'll do it after the fact. In the civil world, some people would still probably scream bloody murder, but you know, when it comes to to Trump, you are feeding the narrative that the fix is in. And I I think that 
the judges on the Supreme Court for Colorado, the judge in the case, um, Judge Wallace out in Denver, I think they've lost sight of that. And, and maybe there's good and there's bad of that. Maybe the good is they should just be focused on what they think is the fair application of the rules and the law. But they're they're feeding the beast, man. They are feeding the narrative that, oh, my gosh, you donated money to Phil Weiser and Jenna Griswold into an organization that hates Republicans and thinks January 6th was an insurrection. How could you still be the judge? They, they've missed all the other stuff. That, that, you know what I mean? Like, that's enough for them. Or, oh, my God, you didn't give him a chance to call witnesses and subpoena witnesses or to do whatever. Oh my, that's the only part that they'll fixate on. And so if the end result of this is just, hey, let's just apply the law and we'll let politics sort itself out. Maybe, maybe. I worry about not paying attention to what the optics will do here. I don't think you bend your decision to it. But I do think it has to impact the way you present things and some of the way that you rule on stuff. Because simply saying in here, <laughs> the APA doesn't require you to have pretrial discovery yeah. of exhibits is like, okay, true. But Joe Q. Lunchpail is going to look at that and go, you're crooked. You yeah. know, it's, it's a fix. Yeah, and, and that is going to be the problem. And I, I like the insight you had there that unfortunately where we are going in our dialogue is no longer about the procedure and things that are presented inside of the courtroom. It's everything else. It's the idea of, well, if I don't like what's happening to the person that I'm in favor of, it's obviously a crooked process. And then I can wipe away the process and I don't have to pay attention to what the judges, the ruling or anything the court says because I've already invalidated that entire process by just claiming that it is crooked. And we are going to see that on both sides of the aisle right now. It's growing on the right more than the left. The left has done a little bit of it. But that's what is going to be the flip yeah. of when the shoe is on the other foot. You're just going to have the liberals claiming, well, these are just conservative courts. They're obviously on the take. And you're how right. could they possibly? Yeah. You and I have talked about that. They do that with the Supreme Court all the time. It'll be Clarence Thomas. It's, Clarence Thomas, you're going to hear the exact same stuff yeah. about Clarence Thomas. Absolutely oh, from liberals. Well, yeah. and we've already seen, we talked about this, the Post coming out yeah. and saying, Kavanaugh and uh, Gorsuch yeah. and Comey Barrett, like they're all Trump appointees. And it's like, yep. okay, you're doing the exact same thing. Exactly. I mean, the you're, stuff that they complained about. They said how these judges obviously can be impartial because that's their role. But now they turn around and they, and they yep. put the jacket of a Trump appointee on them. And how many times on both sides of the conversation, and I hear this in the liberal media sphere and in the conservative media sphere, how many times we are discussing court cases that one of the first two facts that we talk about the judge is who appointed them. That yep. now is de rigueur. Yep. That is yep, now what we right. have to do is we have to say, well, they were appointed by uh, as if that impacts their decision making. I find oh, that yeah. interesting because the idea being and this is weird, is that one of the things Trump talked about was, well, those three are my judges. They are going to. And then we have conversations <laughs> of that. My judges, yes, exactly. My, yeah. Those are my judges. I put them there. They should be grateful to me. They should be doing things for me because of what I did for them. He, we've had private conversations that have been revealed that go along that line. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're going. We're going along the line of assuming now that if you place someone into a position of power, they now owe you something. They now need to be deferential to your wishes. That's a little spooky, especially when we're talking about the courts. Because oh my God. imagine, well, especially uh, yes. when we're talking about the oh, courts. Oh yeah. yeah, imagine if it's talking about if, if here in Colorado we are definitely blue. So uh, polis or whatever blue governor we may get next time, would it be okay if they are specifically putting these judges in positions so that they can be deferential to them? 
I mean, I understand that some people have come to the conclusion already, but that's what you're asking. It's, it's, it's spooky. That is really scary. The Fox people do it, too. When they talk oh, yeah. about the Colorado opinion, it was an all-Democrat-appointed Supreme Court. Yep. And it's like, yes, but three of them, almost the majority, voted against keeping Trump off the ballot. I mean, yep. so it's either the Democrat thing matters more than anything else or it doesn't. And I've said this before. I have direct personal professional experience with three of those justices boatwright some more and hood and all i can tell you is they are ethical wicked smart guys hood um was a great prosecutor in the 18th way back oh i don't know 20 years ago when i worked for him for 10 seconds before september 11th uh, called me to active duty um and some more i appeared in front of boatwright was a mentor of mine out in jeffco and they're on opposing sides of this issue Hood weighed in with the majority, and Boatwright and Samora on the other. I don't question at all their political motives. I see why people do. I just think they're wrong. I think it's ill-informed. It's too easy. It's just, it's lazy. It's intellectually lazy to dismiss it as well. You were appointed by Democrats. You can't explain the vote that way. These are just three guys who fundamentally disagree with each other on this issue. Shocker, that's yeah. how it works on the Supreme Court. I mean, and that's kind the, of what, and that's what it's supposed to do. Yes, the the the, the, support, the Supreme Courts in the, both the states and the U.S. Supreme Court are supposed to reflect the larger body politic. They are supposed to reflect the thoughts and the ideas of the community, and it should not be uniform. If you are looking to get to a place in which any Supreme Court, state or national, if you're looking for uniformity in their thoughts and their decisions, you don't understand how the game is supposed to be played. There should be robust discussion and debate of these ideas yep. because nobody on the left is absolutely right and nobody on the right is absolutely correct either. And somewhere in the Hold middle, on. we're going to find that. Present company excluded. <laughs> That's true. Hey, the, yeah. we, have a, we have a fantastic uh, listener base, as you know. One yeah, of them sent in some text. Two things on this day in history. Yeah. One less important than the other. The less important one is today in 1845, the United States annexed the Republic of Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. The more important one is one year ago today, we lost Pele. Oh, that's awful. That's and also I think is it today or yesterday? Um, seven seven years or so. Uh, Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead passes away, which is awful and horrible and tragic. And, Listen, yeah. in my own defense, I say Pele. Everybody on the planet knows who I'm talking about. You <laughs> yeah. said what's his name? Funkmeister. Lemmy, Lemmy, no, Lemmy Kilmeister. Head, Lemmy lead, Kilmeister yeah, lead singer is someone no one in the building oh. except you has ever heard of. <laughs> Le- Lemmy's a monster and, and just the, the musical talent. I mean, everybody knows Ace of Spades, but going deeper into some of their catalog, it's, it is a real treat to what they were doing back in the day. And and the fun thing is, is everybody should know the song Ace of Spades by Motorhead. If not, stream it today. Um, the fun thing is, when you're listening to that, it grew out of a writing exercise that he was doing. It was never supposed to be a song. He was working on how to pattern lyrics and rhyming and to tell a story. And he looked at it afterwards and goes, this is kind of cool. I think I got something for this. He had a riff and he put it together and it became a monster, monster hit. So, yeah, Pele is a huge loss, too. Uh, we, we still have uh, Messi. 
We still have um, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, of course, playing in Saudi Arabia in front of tens of people. That's been a great decision. <laughs> have you but seen that? But for tens yeah. of jillions of dollars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have you seen that, though? There, there's, no. Yeah, and the Saudi Arabian League has been fantastic because they have splashed a ton of cash. They went out and they got Ronaldo in the following season. They went out and grabbed a whole bunch of really big stars. They got, uh, <laughs> they, they got Ilkay Gundogan out of but Manchester City. But nobody cares over no, there? Nobody, well, nobody cares about it. And they've got, um, they've got uh, Karim Benzema um, from Real Madrid. Um, you know, they've got a lot of really good guys. They, they've got uh, you know, Panute. They, I mean, there's a series of people that they bought, um, but the fans aren't showing up. And so in the stands routinely, now the Ronaldo fans, because it's Ronaldo, you'll get a couple of thousand. But in other games where other stars are playing, they're topping out at 120 people in the stands. <laughs> yeah, you can, have your, you can like have your own vendor. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Muhammad, how about you go get me a falafel? Something like that. You know, it's just, that's, you know, it's, <laughs> he just sings that next to you and asks if he needs something in the next game. Yeah, so that's, that's basically it. It's been kind of funny. It's, and it's been kind of a wake-up call. I've been watching some interviews of some of the guys going, uh, yeah, the paycheck's nice, but um, nobody's in stands. That's kind of been that's a That's funny. Yeah. I guess it, it's what price do you put on yeah. whatever you get from the cheering and from the fans. And exactly. if it's like, no, I value the dollars more, it sounds like a great place to go. Oh, exactly. I wonder, though, if it's like if they're playing and it feels like it's a practice day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nobody oh, yeah. in the stands. Yeah, and they're like, I just did something incredible and yeah, no, one cares. no clapping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and what does that do to your sharpness? Because, because there's no fans and things, you know, you could actually be a little more of a goof. There could be things that you're just not as sharp and not – yeah, so there, there's some real questions on the international squads, the people that are playing in Saudi Arabia, whether or not they're going to be allowed back onto their international squads because it's not viewed as a very competitive league, that they're worried that your knife edge has become dulled by playing against softer opponents. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, here's something. This oh, yeah, is for what? you, Billy. Uh-oh. Billy, I know I'm way behind, but Uh-oh. I just watched all three seasons of Ted Lasso. Very oh, funny. Yeah. Yes. But I still have no desire to watch soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. And I, I, I totally get it because there's a thing that I appreciate. I and, mean, again, you love baseball. I appreciate baseball and the strategy. Can't watch yeah. it. Cannot watch it. So <laughs> I get it. I totally understand not being able to watch soccer. I will tell you, and we've had a couple of textures, if you want to have one game and you want to make it enjoyable, you, me, couple of adult beverages and i'll yeah. talk i'll talk you through it as far as what's happening and i'll explain okay, something look, I, you know how you fun. know that's true yeah. because we did that segment that one time with yeah, get to know soccer yeah. with sheriff reams yeah. and billy yeah and reams was like i mean even reams who's not a soccer yeah. guy like even he was he could appreciate that billy was making the game seem a little <laughs> a little more lively and all yeah. that stuff yeah i was texting during some of the world cup games i was texting uh sheriff reams and saying okay watch this Watch the team do this. They're trying to do this. Watch the counterattack. Pay attention to these two, these two players and what they're doing. Um, it, it's, one of, it's one of the things my brother just left town with his wife uh, yesterday. But that was one of the things that he and I had a lot of fun sitting down. And we were talking. We were watching a, 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 watching a match. And, and I turned. I'm like, oh, they're this. And he looks at me and he goes, you are such a dork. And he played too. And he loves the game and is passionate about it. But he, he looks at me. He's like, you are looking at this at a granular level that is different than how I'm watching this. He's like, you're, you're unlocking things inside of what is going on in the field. He goes, I'm looking at this, you know, he's more of this fan thing. And he goes, and you're diagnosing things. You're diagnosing See, but, certain stuff. Billy, there's yeah. probably jillions to be made, not in America, for you yeah. doing English or American accented play-by-play or color or something because you That's even called me back into the booth before yeah. and said like, hey, watch this, That watch this incredible yeah. thing that Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo did yeah. or whatever. 
and you're talking through all these guys. I have to watch it two or three times before yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. But yep. you're seeing it. I'm like, there's yeah. got to be a way yeah. for it's, Billy to yeah, get a billion is, bucks it's, doing it's, this. Oh, thank you. I wish we could because it's, yeah. And one, that conversation, it was about the off-the-ball movement. It was about looking at a player that doesn't have the ball at the time and how, because of where he went, he opened up space for um, another player to score a goal because he froze a defender. That defender had to make a decision and couldn't in that moment, allowing the striker to get that extra seven to eight inches that he needed in order to get that space in order to score. So that idea, there's a there's a kid that's playing for my Newcastle Magpies right now that's a youngster, that his off-the-ball movement is staggeringly genius. What he does in order to move other players so that his teammates have space and time is ridiculous. Ridiculous based on his aim and, and his age. So that's one of the things. I, I, it's interesting you bring that up about um, the watch-along because there are some channels out there that do watch-alongs. And my major critique is they don't talk to me about what's going on in the match. They give me almost no insight. They treat it as a fan base, but you, they don't give me any other larger conversation. You should do a YouTube channel, man. Like, you know yeah, how maybe. there's um, – I don't know if he's still around yeah. Dan TDM. Oh, who yeah, was a yeah. dude that was like a Minecraft guy that made yeah. kajillions of bucks when he was five years old or something, just yeah. doing all the play-by-play stuff for Minecraft, right? Yeah. Like if you had sort of get to know better, I think you should call it Off the Ball Movement, which <laughs> is a That's great nice. name. Which is a great name for a company, and also up until today, something I would have used to describe some that took place <laughs> in the back of a car when I was seventeen. <laughs> yes, that exactly. Was different. It was totally different. <laughs> yes. um, but the way you use it, I'm like, oh, okay, that would be yeah. a good name for something. Off I'll the ball movement. You know I have to think I mean? about that because I I do talk incessantly during the game when I'm watching with my son. I do talk quite a lot. Does he ever say "Dad, pretty please"? Let no, it go. no. He, he he talks. He goes back and forth. He's like, "What about this? How about this?" And and he asks me. He's like, "Why are they doing this?" And, and we go back and forth. And he's like, "Oh, did you see this?" We discuss a lot of the strategy. One of the things that uh, I enjoyed watching my brother's team, Tottenham, right now, who they just brought in a brand new coach, uh, Pasta Coglu, uh, came from Celtic. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> that's my favorite kind of pasta. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, he came over from Celtic, and they have this really interesting idea of not making the easy pass. It is a really interesting thing to watch intellectually because you can see almost to a player when they turn, there's an easy pass to be made and you're kind of coached that in soccer. They have been coached the other direction. They see the easy pass and they immediately look for the more difficult one. And it is fascinating to watch and also incredibly entertaining, especially for an American because you don't get a lot of the you know, passing back and forth, boring stuff, which again, yes, it's boring in soccer when they do that. Um, but again, not everything in basketball, hockey, football, baseball is exciting all the time either. So we all have our boring moments. But yeah, Tottenham is fun to watch right now because they are they're intellectually aggressive with the ball on the pitch. They, they're trying to uh, bring the ball forward and they've almost accepted the fact that we are going to make mistakes. It's almost like the Broncos coming back with Russ and saying, you know what, we are going to throw the ball 20, 30, 40 yards down the field probably at least once every series. Yeah, we're going to get intercepted, but the trade-off of the amount of times we are going to leapfrog down the field in the yeah, big yeah. plays, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll, we'll accept four or five interceptions. Fine. If we can, if we can turn it into Seven. three to four touchdowns. Russ won't that's, be doing that. No, no he won't. Wearing a but, but that's the balance. That's the balance. Tottenham has said, we're okay. We'll give up the ball in these <laughs> positions. But we know that in the balance of things, we are going to be able to attack more. It's a really, really interesting um, intellectual <laughs> Uh, you know, p- position to be in on the field. And I'd love to see the NFL do it. I mean, imagine if you had an NFL coach where, you know, it's like, 
it, and we had it a couple of times. Every fourth down, we're going for it. We're never kicking oh, an extra point. Some, you've had yeah. some coaches this year demonstrate yeah. a willingness yeah. to do that Ex- way more yeah. often than that. And you say, we never are going to kick a extra point. We're always going for two. Things like that. That would be a really interesting intellectual change on the field in the NFL. And that's what Pasta Coglu has done with Tottenham in England. It's really I'm going to order that at the next Italian restaurant. You really I go, should. Can I get some pasta coglu? Yes. Yeah, make sure you want it with extra, extra sauce. Is that extra the one sauce. with the vodka? It is. <laughs> Here's some people texting yeah. in, uh, did you say off the bowel movement? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's earlier this morning. That's, that, was, that was before I got on the air. Different. Someone that else little, little commenting on, on yesterday's um, deja vu Oh, thing. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> they, were, uh, they were concerned, says, I checked my watch and my pulse several <laughs> times, as if, is, oh, this, is this really happening? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, speaking of judicial impartiality, do you think Thomas should recuse should the Trump election case come before it? If the question is whether Trump engaged in insurrection and Ginny was texting Meadows, it's hard for me to say he would be impartial. I've given him the benefit of the doubt uncomfortably so far, but I think he has to recuse if that happens. I think that's a real talking point. I, I'm that's just going to say this. I just short of there being a connection Stronger than that, I just don't ever want to use the political views or whatever a spouse did or even a kid did as a basis to recuse a judge themselves. And that, I mean, short of them being a party to the case, that's a no-brainer. Now, right? But how about this, though? How about yeah. going back to our earlier conversation about yeah. understanding the optics? What are the optics yeah, of this yeah. decision? And what would happen if it was a Justice Kagan or something that had the same issue um, but on the other side? And how would that be viewed by the Trump people where there was someone else whose spouse was actively involved well, in maybe keeping Trump man, off the ballot I, or something else? Yeah, happen? but interestingly, I'm pretty sure that it was Kagan who was the former president, I think, of Harvard. Yeah. I think, right? And then that case that came before the Supreme Court on the discriminatory practices of Harvard because Harvard hates Asians and all that, she didn't recuse herself. Yeah, it's a good point. And. and and that's just a past professional connection and a current allegiance that could be argued. It'd be tough to go down that road. I do think there's some voluntary st- in the criminal world. I'll say this. There are things that are cause removals, like ethically, if yeah. you'll cause is probably a term that doesn't fit. But you know what I mean? When, when a D.A. says I can't prosecute this case, there are very few cases that that should apply to. But I will tell you, I asked for special prosecutors on a number of cases where I thought, even though it doesn't meet the rule, I think the public could look at that and say, oh, come on. And then there are other cases where the certain members of the public, the extremists, will point to a case and say, like some say, you should, no DA should be able to decide whether or not to prosecute a police officer in their own jurisdiction because the relationship is too cozy. Well, that's that's nonsense. Yeah. You could demonstrate that. Like maybe if it was the sheriff. Okay, if, if there was a criminal case against the sheriff, I would recuse myself because that's different, right? That's executive to executive, elected officials who are up. I mean, I know Darren Weekly far better than I know 99% of the deputies yeah. on the road. That's different. But that's discretionary, but I would probably do it because people would look at that, especially if the decision was, hey, there's no crime here, we're not going to prosecute. People would go, oh, come on, man. They're two Republican elected officials, you know, in the yeah. same jurisdiction. Now, I, also, I though, get that. What, when, you had a, when you appointed a special prosecutor, 
How much influence, control, and direction did you have over that special prosecutor? Such a, such a great question, Billy. And again, I don't appoint them. What happens is there's a process where I go to the court yeah. and I say, hey, I need to have a special prosecutor. What the, what the state of Colorado has is an informal, formal kind of agreement with the district attorney's council where all of the DAs partner up in something called pods. And those pods are based on geography. And so what happens is you end up rather than, you know, I need a special prosecutor and it gets random and a judge goes, hey, uh, D.A. out in Montrose, I want you to handle this case in Arapahoe County. The D.A. in Montrose is going to be like, oh, for the love of God, that's like a, a five hour, four hour yeah. drive. That's a killer. So you make it based on geography. So that part isn't random. But what happens is so in, in the 18th, which is huge, Arapahoe County, if we need a special prosecutor, it's supposed to come from Denver. Okay, which horrified me in the in the last term that I had there because yeah. the way that Denver handles cases and makes decisions on discretion. And by the way, once the special prosecutor takes the case, I don't have any contact with them. I don't have any input on that. I, nobody calls me and says, George, what should we do here? In fact, that would be a violation of that whole principle. If it's Douglas County, then it goes to El Paso and El Paso County comes up. One case where I called my shot, and that was in the Aurora Theater case. There was a member of the SWAT team who ended up um, shooting an unarmed black man in Aurora, ultimately cleared, but not by me. As soon as that, that took place during jury selection, I got a call from Nick Metz, the chief of police of Aurora. He said, George, one of the guys that's a first responder, one of your witnesses on the case just had this thing. And I was like, OK, that's horrible. I could have gone to Denver. But Denver and Aurora cops worked together, too. Didn't like that. Wasn't going to El Paso. So I reached out to a jurisdiction that doesn't touch Aurora. Not Denver, not Adams, not us. I reached out to Jeffco. Close enough to handle it. Certainly had the expertise. And had Pete Weir assign some folks. And they grand juried the hell out of this thing. They didn't resolve that case until after the Aurora Theater case oh, wow. was resolved. And uh, their end result was a horrible thing. No violation of the law here. But in my mind, I was like, sweet mother of God, I can't touch this ever, never. No. So I called Pete, and Pete to this day, retired DA, has said, I will never answer your phone call ever again. <laughs> it was such a That's fantastic. Thing. That is wonderful. <laughs> anyway, we've gone super long, man. I wanted to ask you about New Year's, but we'll have to do it throughout the yeah, show. Hey, listen, let's cut away for a break. When we come back, it's going to be the Thorpe Report read in about 60 seconds. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler, right back with you. We've got really no time to lose. Got to get right to it. It's the Thorpe Report with Billy. Hey, thank you, sir. Yep. We've got a mother out of Colorado Springs wanted by police in connection with a double homicide of her two children that happened earlier in December. It was 1230 in the morning, December 19th, a 911 call. People were called out to the 5300 block of Palomino Ranch Road, uh, point, sorry, in Colorado Springs, at uh, the report of a burglary. When officers arrived, they found a woman later identified as 35-year-old Kimberly Singler, an 11-year-old girl who were both injured. They found a 9-year-old and a 7-year-old both deceased. Uh, the singular was taken to the hospital along with her 11-year-old daughter. They weren't suspects at the time. Since then, the Colorado Springs uh, Police Department Homicide Unit took over the investigation and determined that the burglary report was unfounded, and it appears that oh. mom killed the 9-year-old and the 7-year-old. Oh, she, my goodness. Yeah, she is now a suspect. A warrant has been issued for her arrest. She was last seen December 23rd. 
Yeah. Also, with only days left to go in the first calendar year, Denver Mayor Mike Johnston, friend of the show, said that he's confident they'll be able to house those 1,000 homeless people. Right now, he said he's got 892 indoors. So we'll see if he makes the the list. You know that how they got to that number will be scrutinized like nothing else. (laughs) Oh, yes, absolutely. And, well, it should be. Uh, Colorado Cold Case Review Team completed their analysis of the John Bonet Ramsey case. Of course, they didn't give us any details. uh, So, oh, well. Uh, and, of course, we talked about Lauren Boebert moving uh, from one district to a next. Uh, they, there are seven other candidates that are running for the Republican primary. I bet you can't name more than three, but that's okay. Um, also, Pueblo Police Department is asking for the public's health after a 19-year-old was killed near a cemetery earlier in the month. Um, so when officers arrived, they found a 19-year-old suffering life-threatening injuries. There is a joke in there about, well, at least he was at the cemetery, but that seems inappropriate oh, at this point. Yeah. Well, um, and a property management company is stepping in to provide some free housing to migrant families that are arriving in Denver from the southern border. Wasatch Property Group owns and operates several multifamily communities around Denver, and they're saying they're going to help supply furnished housing at no cost for 15 families in need. I have a question about how they make the determination who's being helped, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. But not necessarily saying it's going to be a good thing. We'll see what happens. That's all I got. Sir. Yeah, that's Back interesting. Yeah. Uh, so much going on locally, but uh, we're going to talk about it here in the next hour or so. And by the way, just as a heads up, folks, a programming issue, uh, Jimmy Singenberger, all E's in the last name, is going to be taken over from 8 to 10 as I hurry myself to the airport to take off for out of town. But you've got me and Billy until that time. Well, you'll always have Billy. Um, but coming up next, it's going to be the good stuff. It's the You Choose the News. We couldn't do a loser edition, buddy, because we only have one show. Let's see what Billy's got in store for us. Stick around. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler, back on the radio with you here at 710 KNUS. It is that time, the magical time, the special time. It's time for You Choose the News. Uh, yes, sir. It is that time of the morning where we play everybody's favorite fake radio news game show. You choose the news. Yes, we have scoured the interwebs for mere moments this morning. Found really stupid headlines because we humans do a lot of dumb things. Surprise. And we've given them dumber headlines to play this fake radio news game because the people in charge don't know we're wasting time doing it. So, shh. It's our secret. Okay, just between you and I. Alrighty, sir. Here are your headlines this morning. Headline number one. An emergency for real Americans. Headline number two. But what if he was a Kardashian? Headline number three, sharing the holiday spirit leads to criminal charges. And headline number four, government doesn't communicate well. Surprise. All righty. Kardashian. All right. What if he's a Kardashian? Here we're traveling to the University of Wisconsin. Their system board of regions has fired the lacrosse chancellor, Mr. Joe Gao, because he had somewhat of a side gig on Pornhub. Yes, he and his wife were making some sexy videos. And uh, the school said, no, 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 no. That's not part of your job. We don't like that. Uh, Get out. And he said, but I've been doing this for like a decade. How come now it's just an issue, baby? Um, yeah, see how he's being sexy about it? <laughs> but <laughs> the issue that I've got, though, is that I find it interesting that in certain realms we look at it and like, ah, porn. Nope, you can't do the job anymore. But in the case of Kardashian, porn. Hey, have a superstar. You're yes, you're famous. Yeah. Want to do some makeup? What do you do? That's obviously a reference to Ray J. But, exactly. Um, you know, the, I saw hell? that article in the picture. Not a bad looking dude. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, well, if it's going to be, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? Like, if that's your side hustle, okay. If you got to shake the money maker, then okay, my man. Yeah. I Look, just, if it's it was the family guy kind of thing, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, well, yeah. Dude's kind of a good looking dude. <laughs> no, you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> righty, sir. Next choice. Emergency for real Americans, sharing the holiday spirit, or government doesn't communicate. 
holiday spirit. Sharing the holiday spirit is leading to charges. It is a Christmas miracle that happened on December 24th. Well, unfortunately, Miracle Rivera, yes, that's her real name, 20 years old, and the victim were uh, doing a little drinky-drinky on Christmas Eve, and then they got into a fight. It was a verbal altercation about the 24-year-old's alleged infidelity. Well, during the altercation, Miracle Rivera decided to assault said boyfriend with the Christmas tree. Yes, she picked up the Christmas tree and began hitting him with it. The problem I've got, though, inside of this police report, they don't tell me how tall the tree is, which is really important. Because, I mean, it's like a three-foot tree. It's like, ding, ding, eh, fine. But she grabs like an eight-foot and it's like, wagom, wagom, going like Mario Party and the big hammer and stuff. That's awesome. (laughs) I just, why don't you tell me how big the tree is? Ornaments everywhere. Exactly. I just, that's an important part of the story. And they ignore it. And I just, I have questions. Well, what can you do? I know. Final, final choice this morning. Government. Uh, government does not communicate well. Here we're going to the brotherly love city of Philadelphia. Uh, recently, Philadelphia, for efficiency, wanted to switch their entire, well, not entire, but a portion of their vehicle fleet to EVs, you know, for the environment and for efficiency. They went out and they purchased 261 elect- uh, electric vehicles and mm-hmm. 107 charging stations. That is, sounds like a good idea. Except, evidently, when the people that were planning where to put the charging stations, when they were doing their meetings, they didn't talk to the people who were deciding how to distribute the fleet. So now you have charging stations all over the city that aren't anywhere near where the fleets are actually (laughs) distributed. And why is that a problem? Well, it means that the people that have the electric vehicles have to take them home at night. They can't charge them at home. So what happens is during the day, they have to go out of their way and find the charging stations and then sit there for 30 to 60 minutes doing nothing because they have to charge the vehicle. So, again, remember, Philadelphia did this for efficiency. And I'm doing air quotes. And the efficiency result is to have over 200 of their employees routinely sitting in the car doing nothing for an hour a day. That is fantastic. Yeah. If there is nothing else that perfectly encapsulates the yeah, decision-making of the government, that's it. Where the charging station people, they said they, there was an investigation from a TV station there in Philly, and there were some charging stations at places that don't have electric vehicles. <laughs> and they were like, you know, it's only like they 15 want, minutes. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and, and the city was like, well, just in case someone with their electric vehicle needs to come to that location. Charge wait, wait, wait. It, it's like 20 minutes away. I mean, how they're not driving 300 you know, miles, you idiot. I just, uh, again. Billy, there are several times when you do this segment that yeah. I am like looking up something for the next segment or something. And I miss <laughs> how how active your hands are. Oh, yeah, People they are. aren't on I the YouTubes or the Rumbles. <laughs> You've got a little, little Italian, in, Italian in you, and, and I yeah, don't I do. mean in the incarceration. Oh, way. no, I mean, not at all. This yeah. is straight up. Yeah. There's something I do a lot. I do a lot of the talking with the hands. Well, I've it got, could be I've got semaphore. It could be a code to the Chinese. I don't know. It could be. I have no idea. It's, 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 again, there, there are just many things happening in this, in this head here, and not all of them are good. I'm just telling what, you. Uh, how much time we got? Uh, you that? got 20 seconds. Well, 25 from now. Hmm. What do you do with 25 seconds other than try to tee up the 7 o'clock hour? The two big stories, of course, Maine keeping Trump off the ballot and Lauren Boebert's interview. What do you hear? Give us a call, 303-696-1971. George Brockler, 710 KNUS.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.